Welcome to Live the Fuel, where we fuel your health, business, and lifestyle. And now your host, Scott Mulvaney. All right, good day and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another new Live the Fuel podcast show. So today, and as I'm recording this, this evening, I'm catching up with a gentleman that I recently had the honor of recording with for his show. And uh, the, I love the title and the theme behind his brand because the brand he created was The Rich Laptop Lifestyle. So the gentleman I'm bringing on for you today, he is a serial entrepreneur and world traveler to the point where I was not paying attention to his Instagram feed. He's got some beautiful warm photos from Mexico, but he airs from Israel. Welcome to the show, sir, Yuli Azark. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. So... Welcome to Live Fuel, man, and uh, I'm uh, excited to, be to have you on as a co-host, and obviously, you get around a little bit. <laughs> you I get around a lot. Yeah, I get around a lot. I travel and, a lot. And you're only an hour behind us right now, so I'm on the East Coast. You're an hour behind us. Where, where in Mexico are you right, right now? I'm in Puerto Vallarta right now ah. in Mexico. I, all right. I'm going to go right to it. Puerto Vallarta, a beautiful area. Um, actually, on your Instagram feed, ladies and gentlemen, you can follow him at Instagram at Y-U-L-I-A-A-Z as in zebra, A-R-C-H. That's his name. So, But he's got a photo on there from CrossFit Vallarta. So uh, I figured that's where you were, and you're just confirming that for us. But now, is, is it true, just because I can't wait to dive in on this, is it true that it's not as safe as it used to be? Because I know it's a tourist city, a tourist area, and I've been getting all kinds of weird feedback. You know, Mexico's changing and morphing. What do you think? I feel very safe here, like specifically the spot where I am. It's like a very hot vacation spot, specifically for Americans okay. and Canadians, and they would not be going to a place which is not safe. So okay. this place specifically is very, very safe. All right. Well, perfect. So good. They're still doing well then. Because I knew Cancun's always been pretty good. I was there twice many years ago, uh, and then I, I've been to, I think it's north. You're on the Pacific side, correct? That's the Pacific side, correct. Now, okay. I, I find in most places I travel, it's pretty safe. Like the only place I haven't felt safe here in Mexico, if you're talking, I was on a border town. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, and we, everybody there, knows that. I honestly didn't feel safe. So don't go to border towns. Anything else should be perfectly safe. I've driven, I've driven through the border towns because when I used to live in Arizona, uh, we decided to go down there after my uh, one of my old firefighting seasons. I was like, hey, man, I just got – and the weird part was I just bought a new vehicle too. So it was, I had a brand-new Jeep, and I thought it would be intelligent enough to drive this through a uh, border connection and then go down to uh, Puerto Penasco, which is translated as uh, Rocky Point. So I believe that's north of where you're at right now. I have no idea, but again, <laughs> my experience with border towns were pretty negative, but really anything else, super safe, right? Yeah. Well, I love the fact because when we came back through there to get back into the States, there was more automatic weapons on the Mexican side than there was the U.S. side as far as security. <laughs> so, And they did more vehicle inspection coming into Mexico than coming out of Mexico. And I thought that oh, was interesting. Oh, I had the same experience. When I came from Tijuana to San Diego, yeah. nothing. They didn't check anything for any person. But when I went from Tijuana for, sorry, from San Diego, Tijuana, like they checked me much more. So literally anyone passed with anything if they want. Huh. Exactly the same experience. Yeah. I mean, because they, they pull everybody over as soon as you pulled into Mexico. And then I'm just sitting there hanging out. And she's like opening the back of my Jeep, pulling the luggage out. And, and, and this woman's, you know, she's all 
geared out in their bulletproof vests and fully automatic weapons. And I'm looking back over through the border security and the Americans are just standing there, just kind of hanging out, talking. And I'm like, all right, um, is, it, is this a competition? <laughs> like who could be more hardcore on the border? I don't know. Yeah, no, I do hope they do a good job there. They do, they do. So, so what what brought you down to Mexico? Because I didn't even realize you were down there uh, last time you and I recorded about a week or so ago. So, how long you been there? How long are you going to be there longer? Is it just are, are you doing this whole bounce around the world thing? What's up? Catch our listeners up. Well, I've been doing for the last four years uh, the whole nomadic lifestyle. So I've been traveling all around the world. I've been on average in ten cities a year for the last four years straight. Hmm. And right now, as we're recording, I am here already three months in Mexico, and I'm probably going to be here for two more months, and then I'm flying to Europe. So it's sort of like my base home, whatever you want to call it, for the next few months. We're going to settle down from here, pretty close to the States. I'm living by the beach here, really amazing weather, great food. So yeah, I've been living this kind of laptop lifestyle, if you want to call it, for... (laughs) A period of four years, yeah, all around the world. And that's why I'm here right now in Mexico as we're recording. And I do have a few more months here to enjoy. Well, and I'm going to show this a little quick. I'm going to do some screen sharing for our video watchers on YouTube when we air this. So there, there here's a chunk of his, uh, his Instagram feed. And for our listeners, again, you want to go check it out because he's got some beautiful shots. Looks like you guys are, are you getting a little uh, little zen time in in this one photo? Or this is actually a video, I think, too. But It's a quick video. Yeah, you yeah. hung out and did a little meditation, I see. And yeah, it's a hike I've done uh, just a few days ago nice. here around town. And uh, is this, are these all areas r- really close to uh, Puerto Vallarta, or is it further away? Yeah, no, that's like one hour away from Puerto Vallarta, so okay. it's pretty close and accessible. I like this shot right here. That looks pretty chill. Pretty chill, yeah. It's a, This one is in Sayolita. That's a surfing town 40 minutes from where I am. All right, so you're in a surfing town. Have you been taking lessons? I did, yeah. I had taken How a few you? lessons. I'm a horrible surfer. <laughs> I'll be very transparent. I had to ask. I had to ask. But yeah, I'll be taking a few more lessons to work on my surfing. If you're there, you got to go for it. That's how I look at it. I mean, oh, yeah, they're, absolutely. they're, they're no, known for a surfing town. Rock out. It is, yeah. It's challenging physically, and I love it. Well, so I guess that comes. that's actually a great way to transition this, right? I mean, you're getting outside of your comfort zone. And, and, and trying out surfing because you're in that section of the culture. That's something that they do right there. It's got some decent surf, I'm guessing. And you're not doing well at it, but hey, you're going to keep going, right? You're going to keep trying it. And is that kind of how it was when you got into this whole, hey, I'm going to bounce around the world a little bit with this mobile you know, lifestyle? Well, yeah, when I started my mobile lifestyle, I just really wanted to travel the world. I just had this dream. I just had this deep wish inside. And yeah, in the beginning, I sucked at it. Like it wasn't that easy as well. <laughs> I had lots of quote unquote failures. And I do remember actually first time when I did when I have this lifestyle. After I finished the Israeli army, I remember I flew for three months to Thailand, Australia, and China. Wow. And basically, I did have a business already at the time. And I tried to work four hours a week at the time, very methodically, right after I read Tim Ferriss' book, The 4-Hour Workweek. And this was my first attempt for this. And basically, this attempt failed miserably because I remember after those three months, I actually lost money. I didn't make any, any money during those three months. So I guess this was the first lesson um, on how to do it. And since then, I had a few other attempts, which maybe I can call them quote-unquote failure. 
And yeah, from four years ago, this was quote unquote success trying to leave uh, the remote lifestyle. I definitely had lots of different lessons, things I had to adjust. And of course, everything I'm doing now and I know now, I didn't know four years ago. So I really had to change a lot of things I'm doing from a lifestyle perspective, understanding how to transition to new places, understanding how to make sure I continue working on my business as well and not really get left behind on that front, which is really important to me, and really how to balance everything out. So I definitely had to learn all of this with uh, maybe being a bit better at it in the beginning and definitely getting better and better and better at it. And one of the things, like if I even had to answer right now where I'm I'm actually here in Mexico, the longest I've been in any place for four years. So hmm. one of the things I was doing is actually traveling too much even. Um, so I was switching places well, let's way pause too on often. That real quick. What does that mean, right? What does that mean to travel too much? Because there's people out hearing us right now and they're probably like, yeah, I like this. I want, I, I want that. I want to travel around the world. So it, is there a balance here? There's certainly a balance. You know, It's very different when you go on a vacation for two weeks or when you decide to leave a certain way for many years. Like, it's a very different thing. Some people still think I'm on vacation, but it's very different when it becomes your life. So if you go for vacation and every two days you change a country, a city, mm-hmm. that's all cool. Uh, you'll become refreshed, you'll love it, but when you're traveling and this is your life, after a while, when you're changing a place every one week, or even every two weeks, or even after every one month, it can become tiring. You start spending time on things which train you. When you go to any place, you need to find maybe an apartment, spend time on this, finding a good source of food. I always, one of the first things I do in any place, I search for local and organic food, which sometimes is not as easy to find in every spot. So all of this takes energy. Mm-hmm. Do they have organic food, lab- that labeling, that branding in Mexico yet? Yeah, yeah. So where I am right now, I definitely have access to small organic farm and I get all of my food 100% organic. I have grass-fed meat here. So specifically where I am right now, I do have access. So there's definitely a balance. Like if someone wants to do it long-term, you notice right away. And I've been speaking to lots of people and I notice it myself that you do need a balance. Sometimes you can travel a bit more, which may be every two weeks, every one month. But after a while, you do need a balance, especially as for me, it's really important to work on my business and put other things as a priority. So putting some months or period in some place really helps to bring this uh, balance into place. So yeah, there's definitely a balance if you do want to do it long-term. Well, I-, I like the fact that you're clarifying this because people need to hear this, even if they're not re- you know, living that mobile, you know, international bouncing around lifestyle. This comes back to even your regular life in your home is that you do need to take these periods of like full commitment uh, you're going through, I call them power cycles. Everybody's got different ways of calling them, but like you got to cycle in, you got to cycle out. You got to remember the balance along the way. You can't forget about the healthy food, right? The health of the healthy lifestyle is huge. I mean, we talked about this on your show. It's just, if you're not fueling the body, right. And you're not taking care of it. You cannot expect peak performance, whether it be business or fitness related. I agree completely. No, there is definitely a balance. I, I have another word. I don't remember how I used it exactly, but I do say there's a balance. Sometimes you work more. So there may be a period where for two weeks, maybe you don't work 40 hours a week. Maybe you work even 60 hours a week. Maybe you work 80 hours a week. Like you put in really lots of work, like a marathon, maybe if you want to call it. Mm-hmm. But afterwards, maybe for one or two weeks, you take it really easy, really chill. Maybe you don't work at all. Same thing in training. Maybe you work really and train really hard. 
but then you need to give your body a rest as well. So I think there's definitely a balance. Like I don't really believe in this, like every week you have to work exactly 40 hours and then exactly for two days you can need to go and rest. So this is too robotic. I don't know if you can call it. So I definitely notice that I always have these periods where maybe I work more, maybe I work less. Same thing about my fitness, same thing about my health. Now, I like the fact that we're talking about this, and it's, it's actually perfect timing because you talked about how you may put in those 60-hour weeks or, heck, even crazier, right, 80-hour weeks. There's people who literally do this in their career. Um, but if you do this continuously over and over again, you will burn out. There is no if. It's a guarantee because you're putting too much stress on the body, the brain, et cetera. You have to cycle. You have to rotate. To your point earlier, the key word, balance. Um, I'm glad we're talking about this right now because literally last night – I, I tried something new for the podcast. Um, I actually aired, I had to buy an enhancement for the Zoom system, but we okay. went we went full-blown live. So Facebook live while recording the podcast over, and then I, I my co-host shared it to his channels and he's a scientist. And we were discussing my 23andMe uh, DNA results. And he spent the past week in his free time going over it all and writing up a really nice, uh, you know, really kind of like a summed up report, but of the specific DNA components that relate to my health and fitness. So I was like, hey man, I wanna share this to the world. Let's get it out there. So we did a full blown live. It's all over Facebook right now. And then in a week or two when we air the podcast, I'll take that content and then redistribute it across the, you know, the blog, the website, YouTube, et cetera. But that aside, the point of it was, one of the key things we talked about was accumulated stress and how everybody's DNA does respond differently. Um, I am apparently naturally an endurance athlete. Like my DNA likes endurance activities. And I've, I've kind of always known that because I'm 40 now and I think I, I'm listening enough to realize what I'm good and not good at. But it's interesting how I didn't even know you can really get down to the DNA level and the genetics and confirm if you're naturally more of a strength versus an endurance person. But he, he clarified I that I can also risk a lot of stress and cortisol uh, impact. And one of the things he wanted to clarify was excessive stress and the lack of rest and recovery increases negative cortisol responses, which literally can shrink your brain because it's a fight or flight mode mm -hmm. and life-saving type of situation. And the reason why I'm kind of running on with this, because I can't wait to have you respond here, is because you mentioned that you were in the Israeli army because that's part of your culture. And I spent some time as one of the elite wildland firefighters back here. And those two years were very extreme and accumulated exhaustion. And I'm just intrigued to see how you connect this all together on your side. Well, first of all, I've done the 23 me test. It's a really cool genetic test and I really recommend others to do it as well. But I definitely agree about the balance. So the army which you bring up can be really tiring. So just to clarify, in Israel, every man has to go to the army for a period of three years. And I've done a full three years. And during this period, it was very, very tiring. While I was not going to combat, uh, my base was two and a half hours from my house. So I was commuting sometimes five or six hours a day to the base. Wow. Working there sometimes eight to 12 or 16 hours and going back, sometimes I literally worked 16 hours straight and slept there in the base as well. So, and that's in a the army and a half. <laughs> oh yeah, that's why I think I'm scarred for life and maybe want to <laughs> I, I travel say, the world. And <laughs> I was gonna say you better be traveling, bro. I mean, a five plus hour commute? What? 
Yeah, that's, I think that's why I hate commute with such passion, which I'm working remotely as I am. And so I had a tough period in general. Some of those things, like the army is a tough place uh, to fight with a system. And in Israel, every person usually after the army actually goes and travels around the world. So it's pretty known in the country. It's ingrained in our culture. But usually you go and travel. So you'll see lots of Israelis, but they'll usually just do a vacation. Mm-hmm. Three to six to 12 months, depending on the budget and the person, they'll go and travel. It's a holiday, right? Because I, I think the Europeans refer to it. They call it the holiday season, and you guys do multi-month holidays. It is a holiday. So it's a holiday travel, and then before someone goes to university. But that's kind of the balance, just to bring what you mentioned, that after these maybe three years, people need something else. So they'll, it's very intense as well. So I think it's very healthy just to travel around the world, see nature, change your environment, and partially being in the army in Israel as well, mm-hmm. I got into it as well. Uh, so besides my passion and wish to travel, I've also done three months. So my failure attempt to really travel the world and earn money online was exactly after my army, the three-month trip which I mentioned. Yeah. And that was partially what I've tried to do from a balancing perspective concerning to the army. So let, let, let's pause on that because you, 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 at the beginning of this episode, you did use the word failure multiple times. And... <laughs> You know, man, I'm an entrepreneur, you're an entrepreneur, let's be real. Even if you're not an entrepreneur, we have to agree, no matter what country we're from, that through the repetitive failures, really we can rebrand or retitle that as life lessons, right? Can we agree on that real quick? Absolutely. Okay. So to be fair, those mistakes or life lessons or failures were required. You had to go through that to learn how to improve upon that and get better at it. Cause like where you are today is not where you were then. Right. Absolutely. So location. with that said, why did you fail that three month thing? You didn't really mention that yet. <laughs> well, first what of did, all, what I did know, you learn from that three month period? <laughs> well, I know I'm using the word failure, but to be honest, I don't really believe in failure myself. So I just want to clarify that I have a strong, belief that you can fail only if you didn't learn something mm. or you didn't give your best. So if you learned something or gave your best, that's not really a failure. And that's something I really, really strongly believe. So I know I'm using the word failure because that may be the common word to use, but I don't really look at it as I failed. That's a lesson for me. That's the really how I perceive it. I'm really even reading in front of me. I have a poster with some values, uh, which says what I have to feel and happen in order to feel failure. So okay. I don't really feel it, but specifically for that point, for those three months, if you want to touch on a lesson which I had for those, my first attempt to travel the world, I was very fanatical about working exactly four hours a week. Right now, it sounds silly to me as I'm you even saying You were obsessed this. with Tim Ferriss, were you not? Apparently, I was. <laughs> I, you had to follow a program. You, got to see, you had to see the program could work, right? <laughs> yeah, so for some reason... After reading it and following Team Ferris for years, um, it's not about working for about for our work week. It's about taking control of your life and your time, hmm. owning your time. It's definitely not about four hours a week. But at the time, I didn't really understand it. So one of the things which were wrong for me or maybe failure or lesson is I was working just four hours a week. While it's okay sometimes to work four hours a week, and I definitely had and still have weeks where maybe I'll work one hour a week, four, six, and I had those weeks. Right now, I work much more. So in order to build a very serious business, in order to build a good base, in order to grow a business, working hard and putting in the time 
you can't avoid it. It's just one part of the formula. You definitely need to put in the time. And of course, I'm working much more than four hours a week, and I've worked much more than four hours a week. And again, I have weeks where I'll work much more, but then I'll have weeks where I'll travel, I'll have fun, and I'll balance it out with a really great lifestyle as well. So this was one of the lessons which I can think of specifically from those three months where I had my business and it failed. Another lesson, I guess, that the business didn't really have any legs. Relatively, it was a new business, so it didn't really have lots of history of making money as much as it should. So each business has its stage, the way I see it. And that, those businesses, which I had at the time, were pretty early. They didn't have a good base where they generate enough income every month. So maybe I had also too much of an expectation at that time from those businesses to actually also take money out of the business as opposed to reinvesting it. So I think those are two lessons which I can think of specifically from this one quote-unquote failure. So... I like the fact that you just, towards the end here, you mentioned something about reinvesting time and money. Um, and I think that's one of the biggest lessons I, t I took away from hearing this just now from you was uh, you said, listen, yeah, it's if, if you want to really hard code the four-hour work week, go for it. But in the end, you have to earn that, right? Like, Did you put in enough reps and enough work and enough baseline to build that consistency so you can sustain it on just four hours a week? I mean, if you can launch, if you're one of these rarities, you can launch a company just by doing only four hours a week, more power to you, but you know how rare that is? And clearly you just confirmed it. You thought you could do it. And it's like, uh, maybe not. I, I actually <laughs> don't know anyone that has done it. Like I know people who got to a stage where maybe for a month for two months or three months, they can do it, but it, it came before maybe with one, two or three or four years. Who knows how long, depending on the person on the business of lots and lots of hard work. I love this because- so many people out there, they do that teaser campaign stuff. You know where I'm going with this. The online marketing and all the sales funnels and the social media. And again, this is what I do, right? But I'm like, I'm a truth guy. If that means I don't make your million-dollar sales funnel crap or six-figure sales funnel, at least I'm speaking the truth. Don't be promising people that, oh, if you follow this program, blah, 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 in four hours a week, you know, you're going to have a sustainable online company. It's BS. You have to put in the reps. You have to put in the work. Everything in life, what, what is one of those old quotes? Um, anything worth having you know, requires, a, I'll just go ahead and say, a shitload of work. <laughs> I mean, yeah. How, there's no other way to put it, right? Uh, how would you translate that? I would translate it. First of all, I agree, but you have to put down shits of load. And you know, anything in life has a price mm. you need to pay. I really believe it. Like anything you want. And if you want a business, maybe which will bring lots of money, if you want to grow a business, if you want to have a lifestyle business, really anything, maybe for a certain period of time, you need to pay the price of working a lot, mm -hmm. maybe not doing anything else. And actually, I remember even before I started traveling four years ago, I basically closed myself in a room for six months <laughs> before I had done it and worked, I think, for this period, 16-hour days. Okay. I didn't go out. I didn't socialize much. I was single. I didn't focus on this. I focused at that period on my business. And this was, quote-unquote, a price I paid. Other things in life, they were not that important to me at the time. Okay. And this allowed me to build a really, really good base from which I took it from there. So definitely, you need to have those periods where you work. You need to put in the reps, as you're saying. Whether you want to build up your health, whether you want to build up your business, really anything, you need to learn, you need to study, you need to put in the reps. And after you put in more and more reps, it becomes easier. 
So right now, my businesses have been running some of them for years. And if I want, I can go right now for one, two, three months and maybe work four hours a week. If I want, I can definitely do it. I put in the reps of many, many years. You built years. a foundation. I built a good foundation. I have a team behind me. I have a partner. We have protocols. Things have been running for a while. So again, depending which stage the business is. So I can definitely go right now and theoretically do it. But the, th the funny thing is, right now where I am, I don't want to do it. I don't want to go work for hours a week. I'll probably be miserable, to be honest. If I'll you could only because... have. I have to admit this. I'm an adrenaline junkie. If you're not following me that much online, I do a lot. I, of, I do a lot of crazy shit. Um, as as literally friends of mine told me this week after the last adventure from last weekend, that big crazy ski thing I did in the mountains, and I was like, life is short. That's why I do it. Right. That's part of me. That's part of the brand. Yeah, that's awesome. But I can't do that every single day. Not. I don't think I want to. Like I want to look forward to going on that excursion, right? To go on that trip. And I think it's I think I think it's cool to have that vision of like, oh man, I'm just gonna live a life of travel and adventure. But to your point, it does get a little old. You need to cycle in purpose, right? Work. Like you gotta balance. Oh, it's it's a huge thing, the purpose and the work, especially when someone goes and does it long term, your priorities change. So maybe when I started Yes, travel was important for a few months when I traveled the shit out of myself. Going oh, to you were stuck in the military for three years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I need to get out of the body. So this was my priority. And at the time, maybe I didn't work as much as I mean, I'm working right now as we're recording this during this whole period. But yeah, you know, with time when you're doing it long term, priorities may change. So work became a much more important thing to me. And I'm spending a lot of time will work. Now, it doesn't mean I don't have a great lifestyle. I am living by the beach. So every day- I'm going to screen share again because like this is on, this is actually on his uh, website, ladies and gentlemen, richlaptoplifestyle.com. You scroll down and again, some more amazing mountain shots. I, I need to go to those ruins. That's in South America. I haven't been there yet. You um, have to go over. Yeah, that's, that's the 18,000 foot hike, right? That's the one of the seven world uh, wonders. Yeah. It's, uh, it's in Peru. Yeah, the Peruvian, yeah, the Peruvian Peruvians. It's like it's, and they have it. That's the place where they have the train too. But I'm like, why would you ride the train? Hike it. <laughs> that's true. That's true. You can uh, do the high hike or yeah. So again, here you hike. go. Your lifestyle photos are here, but that didn't happen overnight. I mean, you can go on a quick weekend or a week getaway, but you gotta, you can't sustain that immediately. No, no, definitely, like you can't sustain it. And I noticed for myself, and I think that's true for many other people because I know other people who are having similar lifestyle. The purpose and the work becomes very, very important. And I mean, I'm an entrepreneur. For me, building companies and kind of trying to improve and make the world a better place is a really crucial piece. And I noticed that sometimes, I remember clearly I went last year for New Year's, I was in Hawaii for a seven days event. Mm -hmm. And this was a period where I didn't touch my computer even one time. Just an example. Okay, so for seven days, literally zero hour work week. But quite frankly, after those seven days, I, I can't do it anymore. I would be miserable if I'd have to go another seven or 14 days of just going to the beach or just going and I, I want to work. Yeah. Yes. After you do it for a while, there is just so much beaches and so much mountains and the purpose and the work you want to bring in the world becomes just much more important. And that's a very important piece to have and to include. And for me, it's a big piece of my day. Like if I didn't have my work, I'll probably be miserable. So <laughs> it brings me lots of purpose and happiness and joy well, into my days. 
So I love the fact we're touching on work now, right? Because I'm okay. Everybody's now heard this. We've been on, we've been doing this for over half an hour now. Okay, great. You know, you only get to travel. Yes, he put in the reps. He built the foundation. Uh, his brand, Rich Laptop Lifestyle. Clearly, the guy travels with a laptop, and he can work anywhere with a computer. Which, let's be real, that is true, right? You can you can live anywhere and work anywhere with technology these days. Whether you're an employee or an entrepreneur, that's something important to clarify. That's um, true. I agree. But it, when people go to your site, and I'm going to share again here, and they go to like destinations, okay? And right here, I love it. You know, travel the world, earn money online, live anywhere, forget 95, right? We see this a lot online. Earn money from anywhere. Again, great location freedom. And you've definitely been around the world. You've hit a bunch of countries. So people are hearing this right now. And like, wait a minute, where's the truth, right? Okay, is there an example of, what was like one of your earlier businesses? I don't know if that's, it could be one of your still sustainable businesses you have today, right? Because you, you put time in and you built it. And maybe this goes way back to that three-month failure when you first started getting things going. But like, can you give us an example of what you started then? And is that still going or is that morphed into something else? Absolutely. So first of all, you definitely need to put in the work, which maybe we're repeating it again and again and beating it to death. They but- need to hear it. <laughs> But yeah, like when you hear those stories, I, I I really hate fake promises when you see online where, you know, as you said, make a tonsure of money in four hours without working or putting a finger or um, I don't like the fake promises. I mean, hmm. yes, you can build a great business. It will take time. And after you build it, you can go and travel. And as you said, you don't even have to build a business, you know, if you want to travel um, for many people who are doing it. So those are definitely options and putting in the work is important. Okay. So instead of this, I like real promises of build a real business, take time, and then you can travel the world if someone wants to do it in terms of promise. In terms of one example of the business, so just to put things in perspective, I've been I've started my first business seven and a half years ago okay. when I was 20 years old and still in the army. And the first business was an eBay dropshipping business. This was my first business which I've ever I've read numerous started. people have done that, yeah. Yeah, so I have done it for around a period of five years, actually. And this business had lots of ups and downs, but that's not what I'm doing right now. This morphed into much more meaningful businesses, into much bigger businesses. But this was something I started. That's where I started my first business experience was seven and a half years ago. So I've been doing it for seven and a half years of lots of failures, sometimes losing money, getting big in the head, And then you get those small successes and I believe you can only build on success as opposed to build on failure. So when you get the small win, when you get a small success, that's where you're building it. And you start going from there for the next step and the next step and just move on, I guess, one day at a time. And I'll be glad to go into more details in any of those places where you want. But that's, yeah, that's one example of a business start. That's what I've been going. This business was earning money for a while, but this transition into just different. Well, how, how does a eBay drop shipping business uh, morph? I mean, because or was that kind of like all the lessons you learned from that? Is that what you're referring to by morphing, right? Like, hey, we spent seven years building this ups, downs, learned how to do it right, not do it right. I could probably teach somebody else to do it. Maybe it's not as popular as it was. So now I could take all this knowledge and start this instead. Or was it actually a natural transition where it's like, oh, this actually feeds perfectly into this business model relating to eBay. I don't know. Like, can you give me an example of that? 
Absolutely. I do have a great example. So I've been running the eBay dropshipping business for a while. And after a while, this business became profitable. It generated cash and money every month. So instead of taking the money to myself as profit, thinking that the money is mine, but the money is not mine. It's the business money. It's Mm -hmm. not my money. And instead of just taking as higher salary as possible, I reinvested it. So the morphing in this example was an Amazon business, which is another business I have. Ah, A private, that's the morph. So I actually used the funds from the eBay dropshipping business to actually launch a private label Amazon business. This was two and a half years ago. And Amazon is a very popular business model. And I'm actually in the process of selling right now my Amazon business as well. And that's a great transition from starting an eBay dropshipping business to right now almost hitting a potential seven figure sale from Amazon business. And I use the funds from that business to fund it. And without it, I probably couldn't have done it. Like I didn't take any money, but I always had funds and I always had the backup of his business. And this funded the business and allowed me to reinvest more and more. And it started a bit more meaningful and bigger business. So that's a great example, I think, of how I morphed that one into another one. Well, and one thing I like about this is that you you did share, obviously, some honesty on the transparency. I love the fact that you connected, you know, from the 90s into the, 20, into the early 2000s and mid-2000s, and eBay's still around, right? It's still popular. But then Amazon starts getting creative, right? And it starts growing. And, and look how big yeah, it is eBay's now. Going, eBay's just going down. I would yeah, <laughs> stay so away like, from okay, her. Okay, you either ride that ship down or you start trying to figure out that next beast. So the most important thing at that lesson, though, you mentioned was... Yes, it is important as an entrepreneur to pay yourself so you feel good about your business, but that does not mean you pay yourself like a jackass and you go buy a six-figure automobile and you're pulling and you and you go start bragging everybody that you pay yourself six, seven figures, for example, when that's all your business makes. <laughs> and that's a big mistake if someone is probably yeah. doing it. And the and the oldest lesson I learned in business was and maybe this, I mean, and you're international, so maybe you could speak to this, is they, they tell you the average entrepreneurial journey, and even if this is brick and mortar or not, they tell you, it, you need to really commit the first five years to reinvest as much as possible back into the business. Really lean out your life, pay yourself a, 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 a if you can, not a salary, but if, you know, if everybody's got bills to pay, pay yourself enough to get by. Um, that's what I'm hearing from you. It sounds like you're in that same transition and that's what you also went through. I went through it. So right now I'm definitely paying myself much more than I paid in the past, but the business is making much more. So I'm not, of course, taking all the profits. I don't know if for certain rules, I didn't really go into business school. So that's an example of the business I built for a period of two and a half years. So I don't know if for a specific law or rule, but one thing is for sure, the longer you can hold yourself from paying yourself, the more you can actually hold off actually taking the money, the more you can live as frugal as possible, I would say, even just to get by, as you're saying, and just reinvesting every single dollar back into the business, the quicker you can grow it. So I definitely agree with this. I don't know if there's a certain formula for how many months you should do it, Hmm. how many years, but in general, the longer you can do it, the more money you can reinvest and the less money you need for your month to month, definitely you'll be able to grow your business faster. Well, and that's also the other piece of this lifestyle, right? Like I'm in a, my fiance, for example, she's pretty much debt-free. She's got a little bit of school debt, that's it, right? 
and, and obviously our house, because that just seems to be the American way. But <laughs> uh, we don't set the best examples on everything. But at least I'm willing to admit that now, right? I I tried, you know, there's an old term that we used. It's, it's really outdated and it's kind of stupid, but uh, they said oh, the old keeping up with the Joneses thing was a, a common slogan um, in this country where it's like, oh man, the person down the street or the person next door, look at everything they got. I need to keep up with them. I got to compete against them. Meanwhile, you really don't know what's going on in their world or in their life. You don't know. So trying to emulate or mirror what they're doing might not be a good idea because you don't. You might not know that they're really living off of credit cards and maxing out lines of credit and that they're not living a cash-free lifestyle. So that goes back to this lifestyle freedom that I'm hearing from you too is that one of the advantages of being able to travel is – if you have no bills or debt to pay, you need less money to sustain you. Correct? Absolutely. That is 100% correct. So actually, when I just started traveling for a long period of time, I was traveling in third world countries, if you want to call them, Central and South America. I was in Asia. And the monthly expenses, luckily, in those countries is very, very low. You can leave her for a thousand bucks or 1,500 bucks a month and you live in an amazing way. And this partially helped me, I believe, to spend more time and, sorry, spend more money on my business because my month-to-month expense was low. And if I would be maybe living all the time in the States or Israel, my monthly expense would probably be much, much higher. So definitely being able to be frugal and maybe not pay yourself is the right way to go in terms of financially. And in the beginning, I also had debt, actually. Mm -hmm. And there was a period when I had debt, and this was a very, what's the right word to put, maybe stupid, maybe is the right word to put uh, how it. About, I, we'll, we'll make it nice. How about, it was very, <laughs> it was very eye-opening, right? You're like, oh, wow, I might need to make a change. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this was not the right way to deal financially. And I had to climb sort of a mountain to pay my debt, first of all, which was a mistake. Mm -hmm. And after I paid my debt, I live a debt-free lifestyle where I don't owe money and I can start growing my wealth as opposed to paying a debt and investing the profits, uh, investing in general, regrowing the business. Okay. All, so yeah, as those things are really, really important. The more you can do it, the better. Okay. So... On your website, I've been doing a lot of screen sharing during this episode because I want our listeners to be able to get all right around the site. Again, go check out Rich Lifestyle Lifestyle. I'm loving the truth, man. I mean, people need to understand. And I, I like the fact that when I go into like, you know, start here section, like looking to have a kick-ass lifestyle, but then you get into, you're sharing best practices, tips, things you've learned over the years. You know, I like this little section here looking to get actually get shit done and be more productive. Love that as well. Uh, because a lot of people say, oh man, look at my, look at everything that I'm doing today, man. I'm so, I'm so busy. So I'm successful. And it's like, okay, if you're just making a list of things to do to keep yourself busy, is it actually productive and are you actually getting, as you've put it here so well, getting shit done, right? So, and that's part of your equation here is that these are all things you have to learn along the way. What actually is productive and what isn't? What is making you money and what isn't? Absolutely. So one of the things which actually helped me, and if someone is traveling and wants to do it long term, they have to learn how to be more productive. I don't think there is any other way. So in my case, I was sort of forced into it. I had to become productive. Otherwise, it would be really tough to do 
what I want to do. So when I was traveling more and I sometimes had just one hour a day to work, maybe four hours a day, or I had specific blocks of time to work, I had to get it done during this time. I really don't, didn't have any other option. And one more thing which forced me into being productive is I started having back pain actually when I just started my online businesses. So what? Were you hanging over the computer too much? Yep. Yep. That's why I'm standing right now, by the way, as we're uh, recording. Actually, I'm standing. You're standing. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> yeah. But the fact that I had the back pain, and by the way, to this day, it limits me in terms of the amount of hours I have to spend in front of the computer. Mm. So even though I'm standing, if I'll stand too much, I'll feel it on my body. So the fact that I'm forced to have a very limited time in front of the computer, I think is one of the key things for me for becoming more productive. Because if you give yourself three hours to do something, there's a very good chance you'll do it in three hours. But if you give yourself the same task in one hour, you'll probably do it in one hour. Hmm. So definitely I was forced in becoming productive. And when I had a limited time, I had to learn tips, tricks, whatever you want to call it, and just ways to structure my day to be more productive, which accordingly allowed me to grow my business and allowed me to focus in, as you said, on the right things, which will actually make a difference and not just spend my time on nothing, being busy, working every week, 50, 40, 60, whatever it is, just to be busy, as opposed to working on the right things, things that are meaningful. It will make a difference in my life and my business. I'm loving that we're clarifying all this stuff, man, because it's like, I, I've, been, I've been there where you're at too, maybe not the back pain, but oh, you just start making a list of stuff to do and you don't actually quantify or qualify what that list is, but you, you justify it because like, oh, dude, I, I'm busy. I, I got meetings. I got stuff to do. Like, I've recently had a guy reach out to me this week. He, I don't even know how he found my email. He starts emailing me and apparently he's local, but he's like, hey, you know, I'm not looking to sell you anything, but I want to get together for a lunch and you know, I'm happy to buy you lunch or breakfast and we can get together and talk business and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, one, I don't know you. Two, this is already a cold call, which turns me off. Three, I get together with people in my network. I believe in warm connections. I've been networking for years. So from a productivity standpoint, you need to be a warm handoff. So I've actually put this wall up, not to be a dick. I'm not trying to be a jerk or anything and act like I'm some big important guy. But I've, I've, I've established a value to what my time is worth. It's taken me year to, years to figure that out. And it sounds oh. like you've done it too, right? But we need to value our time. You know, those are one of the things which I have to get better at, and I'm definitely better than I was, which is learning how to say no. Mm. And especially as you become more successful, if that's the word online, like you have more people reaching out, want to have a quick call, just a Skype call. And as I said, my time is limited. Mm -hmm. If I choose to say yes to a Skype call, maybe with a friend or someone who wants my advice, I say no to growing my business. And that's something I'm not perfect at, but I'm getting better. I'm saying no different people. Just the last one month, I had a few friends reach out, for just, which I haven't spoken for a while, and they weren't jump on a call. And maybe before in the past, I would say yes, and would have had a one-hour Skype call, wow. which is cool. But for me, after having this one-hour Skype call, I just can't get to work. My mind is it's foggy. That's just how... That's how just I, I operate. I know myself. And if I'll have it, I'll not be able to be as sharp and as clear for a call you know and i had I, to say no i had to say no to those friends i was polite i explained to them why i said i'm here to help but right now i have a priority 
I'm yeah. working on some things and I just can't jump on a call. I'm sorry. So there, there's, there's two sides of that one. I agree and disagree with it. I love it. So this is a good, this is a good chat real quick here uh, before we get to the clo uh, start closing the show out. I love the fact we're hitting on this because friendships are important. Family is even more important. So yeah. time management and balance, we've already discussed this on the show. Very, very important, but there is the, a lot of power behind the yes and the no. And one of my coaches, and actually a lot of people are now talking about it online too. They're using it in their tips and tricks. So, I'm, you know, if you think I'm copying from somebody, great, whatever. But I've learned this myself is everything you say yes to, you're saying no to something else. Absolutely. It goes back to it's your everything. prioritization. Yeah. So value your time. And I'm not saying stop talking to your friends. But maybe one of the hacks is like, dude, I'll tell you right now, like, you know, because you've gone through my onboarding process to get on this show. You see that I, I don't, everybody has to go to my website now. I don't care if it's a potential client, coaching, podcaster, you want to talk to me, you book through my calendar. Why? Because I have segmented out certain time slots for certain purposes. So when you get into my calendar, it only unlocks certain periods on certain days that I'm willing to do a podcast versus a coaching call, right? So I'm still honing this process. I'm not some, you know, MBA G, you know, genius on this yet, but I'm already way more better at my time management since I put that time in and started using that system. So it's great. I tell people, Tom, if you're going to invest in the tools, make sure you're using these tools to build a system. And in the end, you want to make sure you feel better about how your time is balanced and managed. So yeah. that's, that's a tip. Yeah, absolutely. I want to clarify. I, I don't believe in business. I mean, I believe in priorities, as you said. Mm -hmm. If you're saying no, yes, something, that's your priority at the time. And it's about balance. Like, it's not about, like, my friends are very important to me and my family is very important to me. But I'm not going to talk one hour or two hours or three hours every day with my family because that's maybe, I don't want to say not priority, but I, can't, I just give I the time. <laughs> no, I can do it as well. Don't I'm like, uh, how about once every two weeks? That sounds great. <laughs> what I do, I actually once a week on a Saturday, I call my family and I speak to my parents um, from 15 minutes to one hour. And it's a dedicated day and a dedicated time. And I don't do it every day necessarily. With some friends as well, we may talk maybe once in two weeks or so once in one month. We have a Skype call and we're chatting about it. So there is the balance. This is important to me. But at the same time, I do have priorities. I'm not going to be talking all day long, friends, or my family. I know how to structure, maybe as you said, your calendar and my calendar. And that helps me to know where my priorities are and how much time to spend with anyone else when it comes to your friends and your family. So on that, um, have you started like what I already kind of tipped at, like I don't have a hundred percent of my day completely hard coded. A lot of people actually are now suggesting that you do schedule yourself. I like to have a little freedom. You know, it's good to have structure, you know, but not to, you know, you have the freedom when you want the freedom, have the structure when you want the structure. I'm asking you this because like I was just screen sharing earlier, uh, from your start here page. And I actually scrolled down to the old, uh, your top five, uh, habits to enhance your productivity as you were talking about earlier and like I'll run through them real quick but number one was plan your day number two was meditate every day which is all over your Instagram I love that it's part of your life balance three work out every regularly hands down yes because that's that's healthy for your brain four have a morning routine and five delegate anything you can so that being said a number of these bullet points you've listed here do involve time management so how scheduled are you 
I'm both scheduled and both not scheduled. So I'll okay. clarify. So balance. Yeah. So first of all, I'm very closely connected to my calendar. Just to say, I really follow my calendar very closely. Um, that includes for meetings. That includes if I need to do some personal things. If it's not on a calendar, it sort of doesn't exist. Only once it's there, it becomes real. So anything you want to do in life, for myself, I put on my calendar. So I do work very, very closely with my calendar for anything I want to put. If I just even need to do two hours for myself to block it, I may put it in the calendar so I'll know those are going to be two hours. Maybe I'll just journal or maybe I'll do some other things for myself. I will work with the calendar. But at the same time, I really like to have lots of free blocks. I hate meetings, <laughs> but I need a meeting. So I will have meetings, of course. It's not perfect, especially when you're growing a company. And while you're not 100% one on people company, you do need the meetings. You do need to communicate, especially when you're working remotely. But I do like to have lots of free blocks. So let's say I don't feel like working. I don't feel good. Maybe I can take two hours off to recharge and I can go back at it. Maybe right now I'll do more creative work. Maybe So in general, I try to keep as much as open time on my calendar as possible. But at the same time, it doesn't happen necessarily every day, but I am trying to combine lots of meetings in specific days. So I may have most of my meetings on a Monday. Hmm. If I'm interviewing someone, which I'm regularly interviewing people to hire, I try to block three, four, five, six consecutive interviews if needed. Nice. As opposed to doing it every single day. And then maybe this day I'll have less quote unquote freedom in my calendar, but the rest of the days I'll have much more freedom. So maybe this day will be more blocked and the rest of the day will be much more free in my calendar. But I don't really put in my calendar my morning routine and such stuff. This is just... It's already been Obvious. hard. It's kind of it sounds like it's already been kind of hard coded into your lifestyle. You've you call it a morning yeah. routine for a reason. Some people do literally put that in their calendar. I actually started doing that on Mondays and Fridays. Um, I'm usually I'm always home. I, I don't I only I really try only travel between Tuesday and Thursday. I want that nice four day weekend type of feel, right? So, but I the one calendar that I keep for my one client, they take up a lot of my time. So I purposely put in there life balance. And basically between 10 and 12, they can't book anything because I'm at the gym. <laughs> I was like, do not try and book anything in here. You're not going to get a hold of me. So I've locked that out in the calendar. So that's just one of the things I've done. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually very hard to get a hold of, to be honest. And I don't check my phone, actually. So if someone tries and sh send me a message from WhatsApp, Facebook, people can reach to me. I am specifically working at specific times. And I'm again, as I said, if it's not on my calendar, I'll probably not go and jump on a random call because I'm doing other things. So wow. that's where the balance of being close to the calendar and also knowing how to balance the other piece. Comes I've, I've got a tip though for your calendar. And this is really your Instagram page's fault because I'm going to screen share again. You need to book okay. this on your calendar because for our, our video watchers, I am sharing this ridiculous sunset shot uh, with the waves crashing in from him, obviously, in uh, it looks like it's Nuevo uh, Vallarta. And I'm uh, like, dude, sick shot, uh, man. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm opening my calendar right now and I'll tell you <laughs> what I do put there. So I don't put a reminder to go to see the sunset because that's something I'm doing every day. Actually, right now as we're recording, I was gonna say, you probably the, have a sunset. I, it's usually the time I'm going to see the sunset, but the things that I don't put on the calendar. It's okay. I we're do, finishing up, man. You can get the end of the sunset. Uh, what I do put is every day from 4, 
for five minutes, I do a reminder of myself, five things I'm grateful for. So it jumps as a reminder. Okay. I put 2 p.m. I have a calendar brief, a reminder myself to actually brief. And when I see it, I just take deep, long breaths. In the morning, I have morning questions to ask, 9 a.m. Then I have empowering health questions. So I have those small reminders. That's what I do use my calendar. So for example, empowering health questions, I ask myself is how can I feel vibrant? How can I feel fucking awesome and respect my body in the process? A few morning questions I ask at 9 a.m. What am I grateful for in my life? What am I excited about in my life? What can I do today to grow my business? What new things do I want to learn today? What makes me more happy? So those are reminders which I'm putting in my calendar, but I don't put there like meditation or morning routine, other things. Those are hard-coded if you want to call it. Okay. I'm liking that, man. I, I love the, the bombs you're dropping. I'm writing stuff on my dry erase board. That's why I, I literally have to clear my board out every day now because when I do podcasts in the evening, I'm like, <laughs> man, I need a spot to just take notes, just things that stand out to me. So... And I hear, let me stop sharing because I, the sunset just gorgeous and it's going to annoy me now. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, I love a good sunset. So, well, uh, listen, we are coming towards the end of the show. Um, and I do want to respect your, your tail end of the day. And maybe you can get a little, little uh, snippet of the sunset as we close the show out. So based on that motivation and inspiration, um, all of my podcast co-hosts we bring on, whether they're repeats or new guests like yourself, I really want to honor our guests, our volunteer, uh, who volunteer to come on this show, and then obviously our listeners too, right? Because I want them to remember you and follow you. So I've already hinted, ladies and gentlemen, you can follow all of his social media feeds also just by going simply to richlaptoplifestyle.com. He's got everything linked on there. I highly recommend his Instagram just because he's got some beautiful shots in there as well. He's a fellow CrossFit fan. Um, But if you had to sum up, where you're at today and where you're moving forward. I mean, is there an all-encompassing message that kind of just comes to your mind very easily right now that you'd like to leave behind to anybody listening to this? Whether it be, it's how, I don't care how you want to say it. Maybe it's motivation. Maybe it's inspiration. What's standing out to you right now in your head that you'd like to leave behind for our listeners? The quote which comes to my mind is, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Classic. So... That's what came to my mind. I, I can okay. throw in other stuff, but uh, well, it doesn't maybe have to be a quote. I mean, but that's that's powerful. I love that quote. I use that one all the but, time. That's something I believe, and as we talked about traveling, it's also your environment, like how you the people around you, the country, and so all those things really, really affect us a lot. So, in order to have the lifestyle and really anything else you want, you need to be conscious of who you surround yourself with and where you surround yourself with. So maybe this can be a encompassing one thing which can be related to anything else if i can put it in one sentence sure i love it well thank you man this has been powerful so thank well, you ladies and gentlemen and hang but hang real quick i'm going to give you a proper goodbye off the air ladies and gentlemen as i said it once i said it twice i think i said it at least four or five times rich laptop lifestyle.com okay again there's plenty of stuff on there even if you're not ready for this crazy excursion and lifestyle shift yet he's got plenty of tips tricks he's a fellow podcaster he has his recommended he's got book links on here he's got connections on the destinations he's been to listen there's no excuse you want resources go check out the site but again ladies and gentlemen that's another powerful live the fuel podcast show Again, Yuli, thank you for taking time out of your beautiful Mexican uh, excursion over the past few months to give us a lot of powerful feedback, all right, and and share that message to our listeners. 
Again, to everybody else out there, as I say on every show, remember this, you too can live the fuel. And for today, you too can live the rich laptop lifestyle. We'll talk to you guys again soon. Hey there, Live the Fuel listeners. This is Scott Mulvaney, your chief intrepid officer, your podcast co-host and founder of Live the Fuel. Just want to take one to two minutes more of your time and give you a little extra value at the end of each of these episodes. Uh, First off, I wanted to make sure you guys got over to livethefuel.com and actually took advantage of my Super 7's resource guide. It's a free offer. And it just gives you uh, 21 different resources to fuel your own health, business, and or lifestyle success. Just some of the tools and applications that I've used and books that I've read uh, over the years to help me grow in a personal and a professional mindset. Now, while you're on the website, hop on over to the supported brand section. I created a new section on the website just to promote brands that I grow and have trusted in my personal and my professional life. I mean, there's, there's applications on there that I use in business-wise, but more importantly, healthy lifestyle-wise, there's companies that I've had founders on this show. Just a quick name drop them. You got Eat Pilly Nuts, you got Pure Vitamin Club, you got my connection with Isogenics since 2010, since I was wild and firefighting. Love to be able to help you get healthy and fit, lose weight or improve your athletic performance, or heck, in my case, I'm 40 now, age better. And uh, another quick little plug on there is Villa Capelli. Love their olive oil. And real quick note, Villa Capelli and E-Pilly Nuts, I have my own discount code. So go to lilyfield.com, click on the supporter brand section to get into the resources page, and you'll see my discount code. So enjoy that. Now, while you're on the website too, I've also now built another new tool for you guys, Fuel Library. So the Fuel Library is obviously, as it says, it's a library of the either digital audiobooks from Audible or physical books that I've either purchased, uh, borrowed, consumed, etc. Uh, heck, even actually half of these authors I've actually now had on the podcast. So feel free to go to Fuel Library. I've divided it into health, business, and lifestyle directed sections, and I've been building that out. I'm still looking to add a lot more content because there's tons of authors and amazing books out there. So again, go check that out as well. And then uh, two last things for you. One, Please, if you get a chance, get over to iTunes and give this show a review. It's going to help us grow the exposure and help other people out there in the world find Live the Fuel and also find these amazing co-hosts I bring on here to help them influence and hopefully positively change their health goals, their fitness goals, their business startup goals, their lifestyle, etc. So please, submit a review. I would love to be able to start reading your reviews on a future podcast. And the last thing I'm going to go in here with is my disclaimer. I'm throwing disclaimer in because honestly, I talk a lot about health on this show and business and obviously health and fitness impacts your lifestyle. So please, if you are suffering from a medical illness, a disease, etc., remember podcasts in general do not replace professional advice. So if you have concerns, please go obviously consult a professional. I do bring amazing professionals on this show, but in the end, this is free content that we're sharing over the podcast world. This does not replace obviously a one-on-one consultation, whether it be with a business consultant, a, a lifestyle coach, etc., or obviously a health or medical doctor. So again, that's just my quick disclaimer. This is free content. Take it as such, but please see your professionals. Thanks for listening, gang. Talk to you guys again soon. Thank you for subscribing to Live the Fuel. Stay connected on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Live the Fuel. And remember, you too can live the fuel. So please visit us at livethefuel.com.